Welcome everyone to the very first episode of Theme Park Sandbox. My name is Aaron. My name is Drew. And together we bring you Theme Park Sandbox. Drew and I actually met uh, at a job together where we quickly discovered we had a lot in common. That's right, yeah, and we both definitely loved going to theme parks, uh, specifically when Aaron still lived here in Southern California. I still live in Southern California in Orange County, and Aaron also lives in Orange County. Orange County, Florida. Florida. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, together, whenever we'd go to the park, we definitely loved waiting in line, and one thing that we always noticed is that when we were waiting in line, we would always think about ways that these theme parks could make these attractions uh, so much better or different or maybe make them last longer. And so in light of COVID, in light of not getting to hang out together in the parks together for distance reasons, we decided let's put our heads together and make a podcast exploring the depths of our imagination and thinking about what some classic attractions might look like. And we definitely had some challenges uh, figuring out which attraction we wanted to do first because there are a ton of different attractions. But uh, Aaron and I definitely like cars. In fact, the job that we met at was uh, with cars. So uh, I think you guys can guess which attraction we're going to be covering, but I'll let Aaron tell you. We're talking today about Autopia. Yeah. Specifically Autopia in Disneyland. Uh, there actually have been several iterations of Autopia. Um, I've got an Autopia here in the East Coast. Um, the Magic Kingdom calls theirs uh, the Tomorrowland Speedway. Um, there were two attractions, Autopia-style attractions, in Asia, in Tokyo Disneyland and in Hong Kong Disneyland. Um, and then, of course, the one that we all know and love in the original Disneyland in Anaheim. That's right, yeah. So... The challenge that we have today is to basically pitch to each other uh, how we would make Autopia last an additional 50 to 60 years. A lot of people don't realize uh, it's one of the few opening day attractions that's still open at Disneyland today. And uh, in its time, in 1955, it actually uh, represented what our highways were going to look like before they had even passed legislation for an official highway. So uh, kind of a cool history there. Definitely. It's the only um, opening day attraction still in Tomorrowland. So it is it is like an absolute relic of day one Disney. Um, Really, it's just the merging of the two tracks, the Fantasyland and the Tomorrowland tracks. That's been the the biggest significant change to that attraction uh, in so many years. Yeah. And the experience hasn't changed very much. So uh, I figured this was a perfect time uh, to make this our first episode and show you guys kind of what we think would be great ideas to make Autopia last another 50 years. Uh, now, Aaron and I uh, did rock, paper, scissors earlier, and <laughs> Aaron's going first. <laughs> Good luck. I'm going to be going first. Um, so my thought on Autopia, it's a fun ride, but it's not quite an attraction. And the difference for me that Autopia does not really tell a story. Autopia is just getting in a car and going on a little tour, but that's really where it begins and ends. Right. So what I wanted to do was explore some of Disney history a bit uh, and some defunct attractions and implement some of the uh, the, the, maybe lesser known attractions uh, 
and celebrate the history of Disney doing storytelling with cars, doing storytelling with um, transportation generally, and um, and then also make it work for the next 60 or so years of storytelling. Um, I'm sure that we'll get into this at some point, Drew, but the Tomorrowland problem certainly is one that exists with uh, Autopia now. Right. This is not an image of tomorrow anymore. It, it, not for a long time has it been an image of what tomorrow looks like. So aesthetically, what I wanted the attraction to, uh, to showcase is kind of like, well, what I coined as yesterday's tomorrow, like a permanent, like, look at a retro futurism that won't necessarily go out of style because it is just kind of its own thing unto itself. Cool. And another thing that I really wanted to implement was a narrator on the ride. I'll get to who I chose as the narrator. Uh, this is super wishful thinking. Uh, this character has never been in a Disney park, and I'd be surprised if ever he was ever in the future. But again, wishful thinking. Um, and then I guess I'll get this out of the way as well. I do want to put the cars into two show buildings and for sake oh. of noise and for sake of noxious fumes, they're going to have to be electric. I know that there's a lot of talk around, um, you know, a, an electric car maker. Tesla, I think, is the specific one right. to sponsor the attraction. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But I do think that these things need to be electric for just really practical purposes because you don't want fumes inside of show buildings and you don't want the noise to distract from the storytelling process. So... Uh, with that being said, we're going to kick off this ride. This is Autopia, presented by Stark Industries. Ooh, interesting. And our, and our narrator today is Howard Stark. Ah, very cool. Okay. So here's where we uh, immediately see changes, right? Is we have a sponsor who's a Disney property. You know, Marvel being a Disney property, we have the father of Tony Stark is showcasing the uh, the Stark Expo, and that is where this ride takes place. You're going to drive around um, the Expo grounds in your vehicle, and you're going to experience some of the uh, some of the attractions around the Expo grounds and get to enjoy all of what uh, Howard Stark and Stark Industries are cooking up. Um, so that's kind of like the, the initial thought process I had. I wrote down some, uh, well, uh, some scenes that I'll, that I'll pitch to you now. So my idea is to implement a little bit of world of motion and a little bit of carousel of progress. Okay, um, cool. So carousel of progress has Disneyland roots. So I thought that would be a cool, uh, a cool mixture in that area, like in that geography even uh and then world of motion a defunct epcot attraction that was sponsored by general motors they could also maybe throw a couple of bones disney's way i don't know but uh that was a ride all about the history of um of the automobile and transportation generally and even premiered at a world's fair which is now where this attraction takes place in the story is a world's fair of sorts yeah i love that uh, so that was some of the um, some of the scene work and just kind of like the Disney synergy that I thought was really exciting. Um, but anyway, we'll start off with the opening line. The first thing that you're going to hear 
from Howard Stark is a pull from Iron Man 2. Okay. He says, everything is achievable through technology. Better living, robust health, and for the first time ever, the introduction of the Stark automobile. And that's the car that you're riding in. So you're actually riding in the Stark automobile. So he gets to kick you off and you put pedal to the metal and you get going on your ride. Now, the first big change that's going to happen is uh, similar to the loading and unloading area where the rails get quite wide. Mm -hmm. We're going to widen out those um, those rails and get a little hook that's going to tow the car during the first show scene. Think like ah. a drive through car wash. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. This way, this way you manage your traffic pretty effectively and you make sure that everybody has the same experience. You also are able to synchronize sound and visuals really effectively if you know that they're exactly in that spot. And once they come off that hook at the end of the, uh, the wider, widened track, they put pedal back to metal and they're back in control. So it is going to be a little bit of a flip-flop between uh, the standard Autopia experience where you are driving that car, you're having the time of your life, and then you're experiencing a little bit of a scene, go back to driving the car and enjoying the, the tour around the exterior of Disneyland. That's really cool. So the, yeah, the, the first scene that I thought would be really cool uh, is to show some of the Stark technology specific to transportation. Make some cool stuff up. I was thinking like a maglev train, kind of like reminiscent of a monorail, perhaps. Um, I was thinking you could even do a scene kind of like in World of Motion. You'll see like the transition from the invention of the wheel uh, carved out of stone. And I think they have like a square one and a triangle one to be like, oh, we tried these other <laughs> shapes and they didn't work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So like, like the round wheel and then you'll have like a horse and buggy or a penny farthing and a bicycle and like an old timey car. And then you'll have like the fancy, um, you know, 1970 blah, 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 Stark automobile. And then I'm thinking in another scene, there would be some non-automotive transportation. Uh, and that might be right before or right after seeing the real monorail or the real Disneyland Railroad, which you drive right by. So to be able to integrate some of the real world examples right in with this attraction to say like, yeah, we're showing this off because look, there it is right over there. So I thought that'd be really neat. And just as a fun Easter egg, I figured why not have him talk about, oh, we're prototyping this sort of one man piloted rocket suit, kind of like a full mask over the face. And it's like a jet pack, but, you know, it works from all four limbs. I don't know. We're just working on some stuff. You know, we're, we're always innovate. So I just thought like some some fun. I don't know. It might be too much uh, um, retconning for Tony Stark's origin, but I just thought that would be fun. The scene that I am very excited about and most proud of coming up with the very last show scene that you'll go into. You drive into a building and he says, thank you so much for everything that you've uh, that you've joined us for today. We do have one last trick up our sleeve. You're going to go into a building that will remind you and any of our Anaheim uh, listeners and watchers of this wheel swap scene that you have in Radiator Springs, you know, yeah. where you kind of get yeah. lifted up and it feels like you're actually getting your wheel swapped and you have mirrors on either side of you with projection effects to sell you on it. Right. So he's going to reveal that this entire time you've actually been driving in the Stark hover car. And so you'll have projection effects and a little bit of motion that make you feel like suddenly you're floating a few inches off the ground. And he says, 
a few years, you won't have to worry about traffic. You won't have to worry about tires because Stark automobiles won't even need to touch the ground. You will be in a floating car that immediately falls to the ground and he says, <laughs> well, I did say in a few years, right? And you'll drive in and uh, disembark your car. I love Again, that. Again, hearkening up that scene in uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, where he reveals, hey, I've got this hover car. It's amazing. It doesn't work yet. <laughs> so that was my idea for a big finale scene to sort of wrap up the experience to do something that I think Disney could definitely do. This is not out of the question from a technology perspective. It would really sell this idea of constantly looking towards tomorrow, constantly looking towards the future, this retro future idea that uh, that I think is going to stay in style at least for the next half a century. And I don't predict that we'll have like a mass adoption of flying cars in that time. So that joke will always work. Right. At least for the next 50 years. You know? I com- Yeah, I completely agree. And I really, really love the tie-in with the Marvel Universe because especially during that time period with um, with Howard Stark, it's it's so reminiscent of classic Disneyland anyway. You can, you can mm-hmm. even argue that uh, Howard Stark um, is basically based off of Walt Disney. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's really cool and... Like I, I I love the idea of the voiceover with Howard Stark as well. Um, yeah, I I really like that. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. The parallels that you see in um, in particular in Iron Man 2's portrayal of Howard Stark, where he's got this big map behind him. He's talking about everything is achievable through technology. Uh, he's got this big expo plan, and he's got these plans for the future, but. Uh, he he was you know in in very uh, parallel to Disney like was uh, was limited by the technology of his time constantly pushing innovation and then was taken from the world too soon. I know that we're talking about a real character and then a fictional character, but right. the parallels are striking. They even gave him the same mustache, like, right? Like down to the the detail. Um, yeah, they they really nailed that portrayal. Well, I definitely like your pitch. Your pitch is awesome. And I think that you and I, you know, like I said, having similar backgrounds and and definitely thinking the same way, uh, we, I I definitely have a lot of things that are very similar to your pitch, but, um, yeah. So, uh, if you'd like to hear mine, I can tell you mine now. Please. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I also kind of agree with you that Autopia, uh, isn't so much an experience so much as it is just a really fun ride. And I am mm. definitely a lover of Autopia. Um, ever since I was a little kid, all I wanted to do is get behind the wheel of a car. Um, in fact, uh, when I was little, my brother-in-law put me in his lap and said, you drive, you, you handle the wheel and I'll do the pedals. And he <laughs> let me drive around a parking lot and it was super fun. So, um, but the only real place you get to do that, but you get to be in full control and actually be you know, big enough to touch the pedals is a ride like Autopia. So I definitely love the the feeling that you get of the gas motor. So that's where I think we're a little bit different. Uh, I'd like to start off with saying that I would like the first half of my Autopia to be pretty similar to 
the Autopia experience that we get today, but with a few changes okay. and very similar to yours. So um, you'd get into the car at the same load platform and you would take off. And But instead of just hearing the sound of the gas motor and the vibration, um, I agree with you that there should definitely be a voiceover. Um, I didn't have a specific person in mind, but Howard Stark is like the perfect, <laughs> the perfect character for that. Like I'm a little jealous. I didn't think of that. Um, <laughs> But Howard Stark, and then I would love to have just in old cars, there's normally just one speaker. You know, cars these days have like 13, 14 speaker sound systems. Back mm-hmm. in the day, that was not the way it worked. It was an AM radio. It was super scratchy. Yep. You could barely yep. hear what was through it. Um, and it was just one speaker that came out of the dash. So I would love to have one speaker inside the dashboard uh, from when you start the ride. And like I said, when you start the ride, you're driving, there's that guide rail in the middle that keeps you from Mm -hmm. going off the track. Um, But as you go through, I would like the car to actually hit certain, um, certain trigger points basically that uh, trigger the voiceover to happen. So um, yours in yours, uh, you, it gets towed through so that the, the, the voiceover happens in sync with the surroundings of what you're seeing. Um, but I think I would just like it to have trigger points. And I, my favorite thing about Autopia is the thing you're not supposed to do, which is stop in the middle of the track. So it would have to be, you know, it would have to be kind of a shorter uh, voiceover, but I would love for it to be an explanation of the way cars were in the past. These days now, we don't drive cars like an Autopia car. Like an Autopia car is so classic and vintage, and I kind of like showing previous generations, or sorry, like future generations, like what it was like to drive in Mm -hmm. the 50s and the smell of exhaust and things like that. Um, And then as you take that first turn out of the load zone, um, you pass by the Tomorrowland uh, train station. And I would love for that voiceover to mention something about the train station um, and how really the only competition that cars had at the time were trains. Um, Planes weren't necessarily that popular. Um, You know, people, very rich people went on cruises. So for the most part, if you wanted to travel great distances, Uh, across land it was either a train a bus or a car and of course everybody Mm -hmm. wanted the car so um and then so you would kind of have just like your your uh classic autopia experience but then you would get you would enter a dark tunnel and it'd be pretty long and then all of a sudden uh things would happen and then just like your pitch aaron uh the car would slowly take over and all of a sudden when you exit the tunnel you don't need to drive anymore. And my favorite thing is that the rail is gone. You just see the rail slowly disappear. And all of a sudden, like that to me is like my dream as a kid. Whenever I wanted to go on an Ontopia right. car, all you wanted to do was get off of the rail, right? Yeah, you wanted to you wanted to just drive that car anywhere yeah. you could. That's why you see kids banging their because they're trying to break that just get a little crack in it and then just <laughs> That's be able right. To take it back onto the five and drive home. That's right. So for mm-hmm. me, I think it would be, just be really cool to explain that technology doesn't. You don't need to be. Um, you don't need to really be as careful anymore because if you try to to steer onto the curb, the car has sensors and technology has progressed so much that you don't need to mm-hmm. worry about those things anymore. And now, instead of having a physical rail, it's just sensors. Um, and yeah. then. 
so yeah, so that would be after the dark tunnel. And then as you take off a little bit further, um, things start happening in your car and it, the voiceover starts explaining uh, different times. And I would love for this whole attraction to have the background song from Carousel of Progress, which is There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow. I just think that would yeah. be so cool. Um, but yeah, so the car, you would be able to steer it. And then soon the car would, um, you'd have like a little windshield in front of you that just looked like a regular windshield. But then once you enter the tunnel, um, all of a sudden there's a heads up display that shows up on that windshield out of nowhere. And so you're no longer driving the car. And then one of the coolest things that would never happen in the Autopia that we have today (laughs) is lane changes. And I just think Ah. that is one of the weirdest things for somebody who's driven on Autopia for his whole life, uh, has never Mm -hmm. seen cars do this because of the rails, uh, and then automatically make lane changes and switch tracks for themselves. I just think that would be so cool. And then from uh, an engineering standpoint too, cars need to charge. So you're going to have to switch and rotate cars um, in and out. Right. And then you can do it seamlessly through... um, through through that uh, that lane change, but I just think that would yeah. be so cool. And then, just like yours, uh, I would like to have a show building at the end, where um, all of a sudden you enter your final third tunnel, and this is just all future. Um, the cars have little strips on them that light up, kind of like Luma wire mm. or like a reflective yeah. wire that lights up. You're not driving the car anymore. There's a whole bunch of speakers around you that sound amazing. Uh, no longer are you using that single um, dashboard speaker, um, and I sure. just think yeah. I just think that would be this cool, the coolest way to exit the vehicle in the future. So go, yeah. kind of, it's almost kind of like the Carousel of Progress. I think there's a lot of nods to that, um, and just kind of eat, every time you go through a tunnel, it's like Carousel of Progress spinning, right? You, yeah, you enter changing a, to that next quadrant. Mm-hmm. Right. You enter a different time it. frame and it explains um, to the, the generations of today what it was like to drive in the 50s and kind of what they can look forward to, which is in theme for Tomorrowland. So yeah. also, Man. if the car could do a wheelie, um, that'd be pretty sweet because <laughs> I would really like to fit in the rocket rods takeoff noise just because yes. I know it's a very unpopular thing, but I loved rocket rods as a kid. So you'll yeah. never, you'll never hear me rag on rocket rods ever. The thing that excites me the most about your pitch about that ride design is that it would, I mean, especially if they were able to market it in the right way and kind of be secretive a bit about it it would absolutely blow the mind of anyone that had been on Autopia prior to it. Right. That's the thing that it would really impress. And it would, I mean, it really takes the conventions of like 60 years worth of this one ride and says, we are going to break every single convention and break every one of your expectations. Just wait. And here we go. And that's from starting the beginning of the ride so similarly and then changing it in subtle ways from every every point of like an expectation, which is the rail drive, like having it drive itself, being able to change lanes, having that interactivity. Um, I don't know that narration necessarily is an expectation broken or anything, but um, but certainly adding that element of storytelling, the the progression of of the automobile 
and the look into the future of the automobile. It's, that's yeah, that's so cool. I think I think so when exciting. when you boil it down, our, to both of our ideas combined just say Autopia needs a story and it needs to show mm-hmm. progress in order to fit in Tomorrowland yeah. and to really yeah. lift that Tomorrowland spirit a little bit. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think going from gas to electric is just the thing. Um, I, and I kind of like what you said. I kind of like tricking that generation that grew up and just hasn't been to the park recently going on Autopia yes. and then being like, oh my gosh, what on? Yeah. this is so different. But at the same time, getting that classic experience. Because I think that's something yeah. that is really, really difficult to do, especially with um, Disneyland theme park fans, right? They're very, very protective of not just mm-hmm. opening day rides and attractions, but um, something that's so classic. Um, yeah. and, and, and if you were to take away that experience of, um, of that classic ride, I think you could have a little bit of... Um, a little bit of uh, an unhappy uh, group of people, but at the same time, like, I mean, would you rather not have Autopia or would you like to have Autopia for another 60 years with these changes? Right. So, and we've definitely seen that in the past with rides like Tower of Terror, right? Like everybody, yep. and that's a whole different episode, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of just an example <laughs> of like, they can change a ride and still make it really great. So. Absolutely. And, and I think, I mean, I think that it brings an interesting point up that Autopia, I don't think, will ever leave Disneyland. And not just because of fan service, uh, but because it is basically hardwired into the infrastructure of Disneyland. That's a very good point. Yes, it is yeah. literally in, intertwined with monorail, people mover track, uh, the, the, the submarine, submarine lagoon. I mean, yeah. it's it's a lot of real estate. Um that it goes through. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, by comparison, they knocked out a portion of the track in Orlando to make room for Tron, which like awesome upgrade of an experience, like compared to riding in a six and a half mile an hour go-kart to <laughs> riding on a Tron light cycle, like right. definite upgrade, but we didn't lose Autopia either. So I think that there's that right level of balance that, uh, that the Imagineers are trying to strike I think that a lot of that that fandom boils down to you wanting to like pass an experience on to a younger generation, whether it's your kid or your cousin or your niece or nephew or just someone you know. You know, there's nothing like the feeling of putting someone behind the wheel of an Autopia car for the first time. And for that matter, putting them in an experience that they've never been on, that you have been on, and you remember the first time that you did right. Autopia, Power of Terror, rocket rods, all of those things. You remember that first experience and that's really what you're trying to pass along. Right. And uh, yeah, it's it's like, how do you then keep that original experience, expand upon it so that someone who has no preconceived expectation can have their mind blown, maybe in a different way, but nonetheless, as someone who is a hardcore fan who is going to miss that ride if it ever is removed. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, well, I think combined, our pitches are actually pretty awesome. I would love to see something like that happen uh, to Autopia, especially because it feels like it's gotten pretty stagnant lately. We got a little boost when Chevron was partnership with them, um, but that was mostly just with uh, characters and things like that Mm -hmm. with the cars. But um, now with Honda and Honda Osmo being in there, I definitely love the Honda colors. 
Um, but Osimo, considering that they've kind of killed off that program, I don't know how long it's going to last in Disneyland. Yeah, I, I mean, any of those contracts and things are kind of like an up-in-the-air thing because what does the contract period mean if the park is closed? And are right. people going to want to pull out of themed attraction um, contracts post-COVID anyway? Like, it, it really is... Uh, I don't know. It's an unknown world in that whole sector, that whole industry. Right. And I would love to see Honda step up and do some really cool, I mean, exciting things. Isn't their slogan the power of dreams? Power of dreams. That's right. Power of dreams. Yep. Like that's pretty in alignment with Disney uh, in, in an ethos sense, but just putting a robot in kind of like a never to be produced weird looking micro car. Right. And saying that that's like, the interpretation of the future. Mm. <laughs> it's really, it's really just something to look at, which is better than nothing. Yeah. But, better than nothing. Um, but I definitely think it, it definitely has a lot of room for improvement. So definitely, yeah. definitely. Well, cool. Wow, that's and, a lot of stuff. And, and for the uh, for your for your autonomous driving, I mean, it occurs to me that we have the trackless ride system. That could just be dropped right in there and it would work perfectly. Yeah. I, was, I guess you just have to figure out how to turn on and off some kind of manual driving on an autonomous ride vehicle. And there you go. I guess you also have to make it a two seater, not a whatever they are now, six? Six seater? Six seaters, yeah, three and three. Yeah. Three and three. Yeah. It'd be very interesting. Man, yeah. Well this was this was a really exciting uh, thing I am super happy that we are getting to do this now. Uh, it makes me, me miss the parks a lot more. I will say, and I don't think it's going to motivate me to get into a park before it's safe. But man, it makes me makes me lick my chops just thinking about getting on some of these rides. Yep, reminds me of all the times we just sat in line just talking yep. about rides and what we would change and what we wish they would yeah. do and. Uh, I think a lot of people definitely do that. And we would love to actually hear your guys' pitches as well. I Absolutely. think that's one of the coolest things about this channel, right? Is that there is no wrong answer. There really isn't. Yeah. You get to design whatever you'd like. So, you know, leave a comment down below. Uh, tell us, us what know. you would like. Thanks again for joining us for our first episode of Theme Park Sandbox. Make sure to like and subscribe to our channel for future content. And uh, you can also check us out on Instagram at Theme Park Sandbox. And you can also listen to this anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Now, we would love to hear your ideas on what you would do to Autopia. Uh, we hope you like our ideas, but we really want to hear from you guys. What would you like us to pitch next? Tell us what you think we should bring next to the sandbox. We're looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with. See you later.